Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. I'm Michelle Ferguson, and today what I want to talk to you about is what to do when you feel forgotten. I think we all have those times where we're going through things or we just wake up and it just feels like God is 1,000 miles away. Uh, and the Bible talks about us celebrating with those who celebrate and you see other people around you and it seems like they're getting their breakthroughs or things are working out for them and you know you kind of feel stuck at first uh, first base or first base or maybe you even feel stuck in the dugout. Well I wanted to kind of really spend today just encouraging you in Psalms 42. I'm a little old school, so I'm having trouble letting go of the King James Version, so I'm going to read it out of the King James Version. I'm actually going to start um, with verse um, number 9. It says, I will say unto God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? So I wanted to show you that the writer here is right where I'm talking about, just in those moments where you just feel like, God, where are you? And sometimes what makes it worse is when it seems like the people who are going up against you or your enemies or your adversaries are in a position where they're celebrating or even mocking you. I remember, I think the best example I can think of this is is I have two siblings. I have an older brother and I have a little sister. And my little sister and I, you know, we beefed out on a regular basis. I don't even think we really got into a good relationship until we were both in our late teens or what have you. But I remember, um, you know, our dad was very strong disciplinarian and um, there was just a level of him that just scared me. And, um, you know, and he'd be like, if you hit your sister, you already know you're in trouble. Well, I would pretty much stick to that unless, you know, my sister, she might tattletale on me and she'd go tell my parents something, I get in trouble. And if I looked over at her, and maybe one of your siblings or cousins did this, after I got in trouble, she's like, na 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 na, or she's making fun of the fact that I got in trouble, then I would be like, you know what? I'm pretty sure this beating that I'm about to get is worth it. Because why? Because that's just the most annoying thing. So this is here where the writer is. But I want to jump back up to verse, actually I'm going to keep going at verse 11. He goes on to say from that standpoint, he says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my continence. Third John verse 2 talks about how God really wants us not to just be prosperous in just our lives and the areas that we think of prosperity in, but he also wants us to be prosperous in our minds and our wills and our emotions in our souls. And I want you to notice here that even though the writer is sitting here and he's talking about how he feels, he spoke to his own soul. Sometimes when you're down and out and you're stuck in morning or you're dealing with depression, sometimes what we want is we want somebody else to come in and just say the right things and do the right things and just make me feel better. But that's not how this thing goes. There are times where you have to speak up to yourself and say, you know what, soul, why is it that I'm so down? Why is it that I'm looking at the circumstance and believing the circumstance over having hope in God? And that's the key, hope in 
God, hope in God. Verse 5 says the same thing. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him for the help of his continence. Meaning like even when, for the help of his continence. And sometimes the way you are and the mood that you're in needs to be lifted went by God Almighty and what he's bringing to you. If you read verse 6, um, it goes on to say, oh, oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember thee from the land of Jordan. Notice here that he had to make a decision. And this is what we have to do. We have to remember the Lord. I remember I was at the doctor recently, and some of you all know my testimony. Um, about 14 or 15 years ago, I got diagnosed um, with an undesirable disease, um, a, a rare form of, I guess it's a form of cancer or what have you. And... Um, so I gone into remission a couple times and every now and then you have to go back to the doctors and they want to, you know, test and make sure it's still going and all those different sorts of things. And I remember this one particular doctor I went to and, um, you know, he didn't have the best report for me. And I go, okay, so, you know, what's the next step? We're going to go into treatment or what do you think we're going to do about that? And he literally said some version of this. He said, well, you know what, you can treat or you cannot want to treat. It's really up to you. And I'm like, I didn't really, you know, I'm like, sir, that doesn't actually make sense. He said, well, if it's going to progress and go terminal, whether we treat you or not, that's going to happen. So, you know, really doesn't matter. You can treat, and if, it, if it's going terminal, the treatment's not going to stop it. Or, you know, and, and I remember just sitting in that moment just feeling like, really? I serve you, God. I have gotten up and given my testimony about this, and, and here I am, and now you, this doctor is telling me all this negative stuff. And, you know, praise the Lord for the doctors and their knowledge and their medical stuff. But my hope could not be in that doctor. And I had to make a decision to remember the Lord. Remember all the things that he's done for me before. I don't believe for one second that he brought me this far for me to be taken out by some disease that Jesus already died to take away from me. That had to be a decision that I made. I don't get it twisted. I had my initial reaction. But the more mature truer I got in Christ, the more I kept God on my mind, the more I recognized that I have to put my hope in God for he loves me. You know, there's a difference between natural human hope and biblical hope. Like, you know, natural hope for us almost kind of seems like a, a kind of a wish, kind of one of those things where it's uncertain. It's like, you know, oh, I just got invited to someone in this house. We got to go to this person's house for dinner. Oh, I hope they can cook. Or you're having to go somewhere and sit through a speech. Oh, I hope this speech isn't boring. Or you're dealing with somebody who has bad breath and you know you're about to have a meeting in their office and you're like, I really hope they got a clue and they had some breath mints. That's natural hope. It has kind of a wish element that is established with it. But when he's talking about hoping in God, he's not talking about that wishy-washy, you know, that wishy type of hope. Hope in God is a biblical hope. It is a confident expectation and a desire for something good for the future. And you know, sometimes when you feel forgotten, you might not even be able to know what it is you want to happen in the future. For some of you, you're afraid to hope. You know, I, I was talking to somebody one time and they were saying they felt like hope was a dangerous thing because if they were in hope and expecting that something good could happen to them in the future, if it didn't, then they had something to be let down about as, a, as opposed to if I just don't hope for anything and I don't think anything is going to good, ha um, good happen to me, I, you know, I can't be disappointed. Well, that's a lie from 
Satan, even Adam and Eve got tossed off out of perfection because they took a suggestion that wasn't from God and they meditated on that and they let that become a part of who they are. And when you're going through times of trouble and when you're going through sorrow and when you're, especially when you're dealing with grief or you're just in a position where you feel stuck and your emotions are trying to take over, anger, your past, this is when you have to realize that God is the ultimate businessman. And if you still have breath in your body, he is not done with your life. He he says all throughout his word how he wants us to live. He wants us to have the abundant Zoe life. He wants us to live the life that is representative of the gift that Jesus gave us when he died on the cross and he defeated Satan. And so it's not about having to know how everything is going to work out. It's not about having to know on this date, this is going to happen. It's going to make this okay. It's not about trying to figure out this is how God has to do it. No, release all of that and just have hope in God. My brother, he says this, he says, God has a future for me. And there are times where that's what you just have to say. I remember when I had lost two baby um, boys uh, when I was <clears throat> trying to conceive. And I remember just the, the level of grief that was sitting upon my shoulders was so strong to the point where I didn't want to be better. I almost kind of felt like if I had hope in God and I released that thing to God that I was somehow dishonoring their memory or I was saying that what I was going through was okay. But I remember when I finally got to the place and again, it was just rising up from the inside of me. Sometimes the only thing I could say is God has a future for me. I will smile again. I will laugh again. There is restoration for me again. If the thief be found, let him pay double, let him play sevenfold. I'm going to get double for my trouble. Isaiah 61 talks about that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, to give hope to those who feel hopeless. So when you feel forgotten and when you feel like you're going through, what do you do? You restore your hope in God. Remember, verse eight says, verse seven says, deep calleth unto deep. What does that mean? Get past the surface of what it looks like. Put all that aside. If you got to lock yourself in a closet somewhere, if you got to shut off all of the distractions of the world and just get quiet before God. And if there's nothing else you can say, then say this. I thank you, Lord, that you have a future for me and it's a good one. Have hope in God. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I want to invite you to subscribe as well as visit our website at michelleferguson.org. We have some materials there that can help you as you walk through life, live the life that God created for you. As always, I'm Michelle Ferguson, helping you to discover, develop, and celebrate who God has created you to be. See you next time.